All right, well, I am glad for the opportunity to continue our exploration of the angelic messages surrounding Jesus' first coming. Last week, we explored the the first real narrative section of Luke chapter 1 and the message given to the priest Zechariah about the impending pregnancy of his wife Elizabeth and the arrival of the baby they'd prayed for. The good priest asked the angel who appeared to him for a sign. A sign that the message given to him by the angel was true. And you'll remember that sign changed the next nine months for Zechariah significantly when, as Elizabeth prepared for the birth of John the Baptist, Zechariah was mute, didn't say anything. Following the birth of their baby, his muteness was cured when he wrote on the tablet that the baby would be named John, as the angels had instructed. Sandwiched between the message of the angel to Zechariah and the naming of John, there's another angelic visit. I was thinking and I think it's probably true, that it may be the most well-known angelic message in all of Scripture, especially during this time of year. Luke chapter 1 is where we find this passage. I'm going to read it from my text up here while it's behind me. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God, was sent, was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he, the angel, came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
In Luke's gospel, there are details provided throughout. One of the things that he makes clear, especially in this opening chapter, is the location where these angelic visitations took place. There's direct contrast to Zechariah's encounter with the angel and the holiness of the temple. The angel appeared to Zechariah. Gabriel, though, in his second visit, comes to a young peasant girl about 90 miles north of Jerusalem. And there in the little 400-person village of Nazareth, the little town where Jesus later, his disciples would say, what good could come out of Nazareth? This little forgotten village of a place. It was there that the angel breaks in to the quiet and unassuming life of a young lady named Mary. Whatever Mary was doing at that time, on that particular day, we can be certain that she had no earthly idea that she was about to be chosen to play one of the most distinctive roles of human history. Gabriel startles Mary by declaring to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. This is reminiscent, you may remember, of the story of Gideon in the book of Judges. In that encounter, Gideon is threshing wheat, threshing grain in a wine press because he's afraid that if he does it publicly, that the Midianites who were raiding the land that he lived in would attack him and kill him or steal what he had or what he was working on. So he's essentially hiding to perform this task. And when the angel appears to Gideon, he says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Understandably, Gideon thought that the title did not fit him well at that point in time. Mary could probably relate in some ways to Gideon. Highly favored one. Some texts say that she was perplexed or troubled as a result of this greeting. And Gabriel reassures her quickly, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. It's interesting to note that this angelic messenger knows even her name, calls her by name. I don't think that was true in the story of the angel appearing to Zechariah, the priest. Now, I'm not suggesting that the angel did not know Zechariah's name, but I think it's important to note that in this case, the angel knew and called Mary by her name. To be honest, we probably underestimate the role and impact of this young woman. As we'll see in a minute, her response is absolutely inspiring for us some 2,000 years later. And then during Jesus' formative years as a human, no one had more interaction with him than she did. Maybe their closeness is best recorded 
in Jesus making sure that she would be cared for even as his last breath on the cross drew near. After providing words of reassurance to Mary and reminding her that God's choice of her makes her favored, in three short verses, Gabriel delivers something of a hurricane of startling news and provides her the crux of his, of his message that particular day. She would bear a son. She would call his name Jesus. That he would be great. That he would be called Son of the Most High and the Son of God. I think sometimes we become a little... Um, inoculated or immune or, or, or overlook what a significant event this is. I was talking just last night with a young seminarian who teaches at a local high school, teaches religion, and he was telling me that this semester he's been teaching his high school students about the Incarnation. And he said to me, Jonathan, I have found myself just taken, just taken with the miracle of the fact that God became man. We hear that, we sing it, we may even send out cards that reference it. But it is the reason that we gather this time of year with a sense of expectation and, and anticipation. There is a sanctifying of what it means to be human because God took on humanity. And he did so through a human. Through this young peasant girl, overlooked, unknown, virtually anonymous, except to God, this young girl, Mary. Gabriel explained that this child that she would have would ascend the throne of his ancestor David and rule over Israel forever. Gabriel is telling Mary, the generations before you who have prayed that God would answer their prayers for deliverance, that prayer is being answered through you, through the promise of the baby that you will deliver. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. This is the one he is saying to Mary. This is the Messiah. Mary's initial reaction is fully understandable. Uh, one problem, Gabriel. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not married. How, how, can I, how can I have a child in the condition that I am in at this point? Now, unlike Zechariah in presenting her question to Gabriel, Mary doesn't ask for a sign. She is just pointing out the obvious, the logistical concerns that she has. Maybe she wonders if this pregnancy would occur not immediately, but sometime down the road after the, the time of her betrothal to Joseph is completed and she is married to him. Gabriel doesn't give a precise timeline. He just says that it will occur. In Gabriel's answer, though, he dispels Mary's uncertainty and fears and also 
lets her know what lies ahead in her future as the mother of the Son of God. From verse 35 again, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy and the Son of God. This role that Mary fulfilled came not as a result of anything she did or things that she could not do, but because of everything God does through the Holy Spirit. God is able, and God will be with her, regardless of the joy or the struggles that lie ahead on the journey before her. And even though Mary didn't ask for a sign of the validity of the message that the angel communicated to her, he gave her one. He mentions, hey, let, let me tell you that, that the constraints of humanity are no problem for God and God's plan for this baby that you will bear. In fact, the one who will come before him, John the Baptist, Elizabeth, your cousin, this lady who is too old to have a baby, she's going to have one. In fact, she's six months along. The implication being that if God could bring life into the womb of Elizabeth, that God could do the same for Mary. The miracle, though, would not come without consequences, even for this young woman, Mary. Unlike the stigma that Elizabeth had endured to that point due to an empty womb, as we talked about last week, Mary would face stairs because the assumption would be that her womb was filled too early. Despite the yoke that she was being asked to carry, in that great response, Mary provides a faith and willingness to do as the Lord was asking of her. She didn't hesitate as she responds here am I, the servant of the Lord. I'm pretty sure I mention this about every other year around this time, but I was so taken by a German theologian's speculation, and it is purely speculation, and there's some issues with the thought. But a theologian whose last name was Eckhard suggested, maybe, maybe Mary wasn't the first young woman that Gabriel appeared to. Maybe Mary was just the first young woman to respond in this way and say, yes, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Her response reflected the realization that her life was not her own. And whatever the struggle that stood before her represented, it would be worth it because it would mean living a life favored and in God's presence, and in obedience to the Lord. She didn't try to negotiate all the details. She didn't even understand all the details. But her answer came from the simple faith of a very young woman. Here am I. Let it be. As we continue our journey to Bethlehem and the culmination of the celebration of Christ's birth in a couple of weeks. May we be open to God's call on each of us 
to be vessels for the things that God wants to do in his world through us. And may our response be that of Mary's. Here I am. Let it be. Amen.